You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. I want to make sure that we provide some powerful voices to remind us of how powerful and remarkable we all are to really help us to tap into our potential, especially at times when there can be a lot of turmoil, a lot of challenges, helping us to overcome our life's biggest obstacles. And today's guest is absolutely one of the greatest of all time. And right out of the gate, she's a world champion, boxing world champion, 24-0, 21 knockouts. She's incredibly talented athlete, but she's also an incredible TV personality as well. She's been featured on a plethora of different shows, including Real Husbands of Hollywood. I know a lot of folks know about Real Housewives of here and there. Real Housewives of Atlanta, of Potomac. I don't know nothing about it, what's going on, but I hear the whispers. All right, but then there was Real Husbands of Real, uh, Real House Husbands or Real Husbands of Hollywood. And this was kind of a parody show, but she appeared multiple times on the show as the boxing nemesis to Kevin Hart. All right, Kevin Hart's on the show. He's one of the Real Husbands of Hollywood. And she was his arch nemesis in the realm of boxing, going up against the one and only Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart's not a big guy, all right? And I was just sharing with my team, I actually met Kevin at my studio in St. Louis. He was coming through with the one and only Ice Cube, all right? They were promoting their new movie. And Ice Cube strolled through and Kevin was kind of lagging behind and he and I were talking, you know, walking and talking, but we slowed our roll. And I asked him, I was like, Kevin, and this was years ago. This is years ago. This may be six years ago. I asked, why don't you talk about your, your passion for fitness more? Like when you're doing all these media segments, when you're going on talk shows, why don't you talk about your passion for fitness? I see you doing this stuff on social media. Why don't you want to talk more about it? And he was like, yeah, man, you know, I really want to. And then da, da, da. And then I, he was like, Kevin, get over here. And then Kevin yells back. He's like, no, now he's like, I'm talking about health and fitness, man. Leave me alone. Anyways, so then he went on and did, you know, some photos and all that kind of stuff. But sure enough, true story. This is true story. The next week, Kevin was on Conan O'Brien and he talked about his passion for health and fitness. All right. Now, I'm not going to say it came from me, but I'm not going to say it didn't. And since then, he's done incredible uh, events and movements, just getting communities together. You know, he had this campaign of Run With Heart where he get folks in the community together to do some, you know, fitness and run and do 5Ks and walks and and just really, it's, it's cool. It's such, it's such a great thing because most of the time our celebrities and icons that most people look to, they're not operating in the domain of demonstrating what health looks like. You know, unfortunately, they might be the most incredible athlete or performer you know, somebody that a lot of people are inspired by, it's their, it's their role model, right? But then they're telling you drink Sprite, right? Grant Hill drinks Sprite. Drake drinks, I don't know why I said Grant Hill. <laughs> That's back in the day. Uh, but Drake drinks Sprite, you know. Um, Michael Jackson, I think when his hair got burnt up, he was doing a Pepsi commercial. I don't remember. But anyway, so we don't typically see our, quote, celebrities being a voice for real health and fitness. 
You know, there's not a campaign, there's no celebrity endorsement for avocados. But what if it was like that? What if we had celebrity endorsements like Arnold with the governor being the, the, the sponsor for avocados? He's like, you want therapy? You need avocado, right? He's just like encouraging people to take care of themselves, nutritional therapy through avocados, right? And then like for the, for the Sprite and things like that, that can be like the villains, right? It could be like Smeagol, Gollum, right? From Lord of the Rings. It could be Smeagol doing the, you know, the promotions for junk food, right? My precious, preciouses gives it to us. Smeagol likes Funyuns, right? So it can creep us out a little bit. So it's got to be some balance. That's what I'm trying to say. We don't have celebrity endorsements for the good stuff, but we can make it that way. And so that just happened to happen with Kevin Hart in that instance. And I just want to see more of that. But, you know, that's the power of using our voice. That's the power of connecting uh, with other incredible people and sharing our story because you never know who you can touch. You never know whose lives you can impact. There's some people listening to the Model Health Show, some of the most successful people in all kinds of domains of professional sports. We've got one of my good friends who started listening to the Model Health Show that I've met because of the Model Health Show, shout out to Nick Ahmed, National League Gold Glove winner at the shortstop position, two times in a row, uh, just an incredible athlete, but you never know whose life you can impact, you never know who's listening. You gotta speak up, you gotta share your voice, share your story. In today's episode, we talk about sharing stories, we talk about inspiration and impact, Ah, this is really going to knock your socks off. But a big part of right now, this time in human history, we've got to make sure that we're doing the extra, a little bit extra, especially when it comes to our nutrition and really fortifying our immune system. There's a lot of information about susceptibility, but very little about how to increase your resilience. And one of the things that we can do right now, and literally this is something that I give to my son, he just had today, and I utilize myself. And this was part of a meta-analysis published in evidence-based complementary and alternative medicine, finding that propolis has antiviral, antibacterial, antifungal, and anti-tumor properties. Propolis functions as an immunomodulator for our immune system, increasing our body's resilience against infections. And also propolis-treated patients were shown to have reduced incidence and severity of asthma and allergy symptoms. How is this able to have such an incredible impact? Well, there's over 300 active compounds in propolis. The majority of these compounds are forms of antioxidants, specifically polyphenols. Polyphenols are well-documented to reduce inflammation and fight disease. Even more specifically, listen to this, this is very important. Polyphenols have been proven to inhibit the activity of coronavirus according to a recent study published in the peer-reviewed journal, Archives of Virology. I bet you're not hearing that on the news, but it exists, the data exists. And these are the things that have massive, this is something that's been utilized for thousands of years, dating back. The benefits of propolis were noted by the ancient Greeks, Romans, and Egyptians were aware of the healing properties and protective power of B propolis and use it extensively as a medicine. I'm going to share one more with you. This was a study published in the peer-reviewed journal Antiviral Chemistry and Chemotherapy. And it revealed that propolis has significant 
antiviral effects, specifically in reducing viral lung infections. Now, this is important. You can't just go out and haphazardly get any propolis product because you could be getting a propolis that's coming along with environmental toxins, DDT, pesticides, herbicides. The only propolis that I use utilizes third-party testing for over 70 different pesticide residues that are in commonly found bee products, including, again, DDT, arsenic, lead, bacteria like E. coli, the list goes on and on. So you're making sure that you're not getting any toxic compounds that are causative of sickness along with your incredible medicinal thing when we're talking about utilizing propolis. And this is from Beekeepers Naturals. So go to beekeepersnaturals.com forward slash model. That's B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S naturals.com forward slash model. And you're going to get 15% off their incredible propolis spray. They also have one of the most amazing honeys. It's a superfood honey that has all of the goodies in it. Royal jelly, and of course, the remarkable benefits of the honey itself, which honey is a vast source of enzymes, amino acids, uh, vitamins and minerals. It is just loaded with nutrition. And of course, the propolis is in there as well. But pop over there, check them out. Beekeepersnaturals.com forward slash model. Get your propolis today. This is something you should definitely have on hand. All right. Beekeepersnaturals.com for 15% off. Now let's get to the Apple Podcast Review of the Week. Another five-star review titled Favorite Podcast of All Time by Natterbutt. Thank you. Thank you for this. I'm telling everyone about your podcast because it feels like I'm finally hearing truth and I've been blind. It's so refreshing. I've never been more motivated to be healthy and work on my own immune system and my family's. I've been very mindful of the toxins in my home, and we had been using and trying to naturally heal several things my husband and I are going through. So far, we feel so much better. Favorite podcast of all time. Thank you so much for that. That means everything. And listen, if you've yet to do so, please pop over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review for The Model Health Show. It means so very much. And on that note, let's get to our special guest and topic of the day. And mentioning being the favorite podcast of all time is a perfect segue to our special guest, who in more ways than one is connected and demonstrating being the greatest of all time. Our special guest today is Layla Ali. She's a four-time undefeated boxing world champion whose stellar record includes 24 wins, 21 of which were knockouts and zero losses. And Layla is heralded as the most successful female in the history of women's boxing. And she's the daughter of the late beloved global icon and humanitarian Muhammad Ali, who again is largely considered the greatest of all time. Layla is a world-class athlete, fitness and wellness advocate, television host, incredible chef, and a winner of several popular cooking shows. And she's also the founder of the Layla Ali Lifestyle brand. And as mentioned, she's been featured everywhere from Rachel Ray to Dr. Oz to Oprah's Soul Sessions. And she's also the founder of the Layla Ali Lifestyle brand. And as mentioned, she's been featured everywhere from Rachel Ray to the Dr. Oz show to Oprah's Soul Sessions. And she's also been the host of the Emmy award-winning show, Homemade Simple, which airs on the Oprah Winfrey Network. And having access to people like this at a time like this is incredibly powerful because her path to greatness, contrary to popular belief, was riddled with obstacles. And so... I really want to open up this conversation to remind us of how powerful we are and to tap into our own greatness 
and move forward with immense power and success. So let's jump into this conversation with the one and only Layla Ali. Yeah, I think Rev is coming over on Friday. Oh, nice. I told him he needs to bless my new house. I said, how are we going to do this? Is he going to do it by the phone? Can, are you going to do it virtual? Can you Skype bless? I know. He's like, both. I was like, okay. <laughs> Bad energy in there on it out. <laughs> Clear it out. You never know, especially with the Atlanta house. It might have been you know, young you Jeezy's house. You know, no. so. <laughs> boom, boom room was there. You never I don't know. know. You never know. That's what I'm saying. You got to clear it out. I went online and searched how do you clear out energy. Some of it scared me. I was like, just talk and be like, if you're here and you want to stay. I was like, no, no, no. I'm not doing that. I'll just call Rev. Have you seen um, on HBO? Oh, what's the name of it? Um, Damn it. Probably not. I don't really watch. Okay. But it's TV. something like that. Uh, I don't watch. It's, it's all black ghosts cast. and energy. Oh, I would never watch that. Oh, that's scary. The Wait, Get Out? No, no, oh. no. It's a, it's a show. Love Country. Uh, Lovecraft Country. Does it have to do with that? Uh, There's that like some, yeah, scary. I'm not into that kind of thing. Not, and then my neighbors was like, no, it's not like, because I thoroughly uh interrogated them about it. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not like a I don't want to be scared. No. Like, life is scary enough. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't like that. I'm scared <laughs> of the dark. Yeah, I think, yeah, you told me that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't want mm. you see what I'm saying? Like people are scared of you and you scared of the dark. Yeah, I'm scared of things I can't see. I'm not scared oh, of people. I feel you. I feel you. You know what I mean? If I can't see, then I'm like, but if I can see, it's on. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the type that even if I thought there was a spirit, I would like front like I'm going to fuck you up. Get out of here. You know, I wouldn't act scared. You know, I would right. put on the front. Yeah. Right. Come on. <laughs> yeah, Show yeah, yourself. Right. I'm not the one to f with. <laughs> I, would, I would go into that. Oh, I'm talking loud. I forgot you have kids. But, uh, you know, I would be bad. Yeah. Anyway. That, there was a little bit of that in the, in, the love in the Lovecraft country. But, you know, I didn't make it through very much of it. Um, but speaking of not being scared. All right. Shout out to Atlanta. Was, isn't Bone Crusher there too? Never scared? Oh, man. Look, I don't know who was there. All I know is I'm about to be there. So <laughs> they better make room for me. Yeah, ATL <laughs> is definitely upgrading with you being yep. there. But, you know, we've got, since we last had you on, you know, it's been a couple of years, which is crazy. Um, so we've got tens of thousands of new listeners. And, you know, your story of how you got into boxing is not what people think, you know, is kind of unexpected from multiple dynamics. So I wanted to talk to you about that first, because of course that's where a lot of people know you from, which is dominating that space. Mm -hmm. But how did you get into boxing in the first place? And boxing will always be my first love. So I love talking about it. Um, well, like you said, most people would assume that I kind of followed in my father's footsteps. Maybe I grew up in the gym with dad and wanted to be a boxer. And that's really not how it happened at all. Mm -hmm. I never participated in sports was never on any team or anything like that growing none. up. None. None whatsoever. Wow. And so I didn't play sports growing up. Um, and it wasn't until I saw women's boxing on television that I actually wanted to become a fighter myself. I was never like, oh, I want to be like my dad. Never even thought about it mm -hmm. until I saw women boxing. And something within me sparked. And I was like, oh, my God, how did I not know that women box? I can't believe this is a sport that I can actually do this. I'd always been a fighter. I always had that fighting spirit, got right. in some trouble growing up fighting. So for me, it was right up my alley. But not being an athlete, not participating in sports, I had no idea how I would be able to do it. I just knew that I wanted to do it. And I went home that night 
dreaming about becoming a professional boxer and then woke up the next morning telling myself, how are you going to do this? What's everyone going to think? How, what's the path to even becoming a boxer? And it took me a year before I actually decided to go for it. And well, wait, so how did you first see it? Were you at a boxing match or was it, how did you first see it? So I turned boxing? on the television to mm -hmm. watch a Mike Tyson fight. And as I'm sitting there eating my popcorn and drinking my soda with my friend and her father at her father's house, because I was about 17 at the time, um, these women came into the ring on the undercard. So I had no idea that this was about to happen, what I was about to see. And they started, I mean, they were duking it out. It got bloody. And I was like, I want to do that. Oh, my God. And I remember right, my typical response. I know, right. And I remember my friend's father was like, girl, you're crazy. Those women will take your head off. You're not tough enough. You're a pretty girl. You know, he said all these things. And I just kind of was like, wah, 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 wah. You know, just went in one ear and out mm -hmm. the other. And my friend was like, yeah, girl, you could do it. You could do it. Um, so, but of course I went home, you know, dreamed about it, but then woke up thinking, how am I going to do this? You know, I was in school full time. I was an entrepreneur. I had my own nail salon at the time already. Um, and I had this growing business and I was like, what's everyone going to think? What's my father going to think? So a year later, that seed had been planted. Mm -hmm. So a year later I decided that I was going to go for it, you know, and I, I sought out uh, a trainer, went to a boxing gym and just started training every night after school and work. Wow. Incredible. And that's where, you know, it gets a little bit different from what people would think. And when you first told me, because I didn't, I didn't know the story either, but when you started training, you was really kind of keeping that on the low as well, right? Absolutely. Because I didn't um, know for sure that I had what it took to become a boxer. I didn't even know what it would take to become a boxer. So I want to make sure that I myself wanted to do it because I was totally aware of the responsibility that I would have, of the attention that I would have on me, right. and that m my father probably wasn't gonna like it, you know? And you know, everyone around me was gonna have their two cents to put in. So for me to be confident in something, I have to know that I wanna do it in my heart, that I'm able to do it, so I can, you know, really say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this happen. So I went to the gym and said, oh, you know, I'm just here to lose some weight, to train. I wasn't in shape, I wasn't an athlete. I had to learn how to run. I had to learn how to do everything that I ended up doing. That's the craziest part for me is because you would, especially you just have a natural athleticism. I would have thought that you played some sports or something. That's crazy. I was too busy being bad when I was young. <laughs> I mean, that's a whole nother story, but I wish that's a big regret of mine that I didn't participate in sports, but that's something as a kid, you need your parents there to take you to practice and to support you and to kind of push you in the right direction. I didn't have that. And then I myself was too busy trying to be grown. I didn't want to play sports and be disciplined enough to stick with it. So, um, you know, I, I started training six nights a week and fell in love with boxing. I was at that gym every night. You know, it was hard, hard, hard work, but I loved it. It didn't feel like work because I really enjoyed it. And I just remember thinking, I want to become a world champion. I don't want to just become a boxer, right? Right. So from the beginning, it was like, what does it take to be a world champion? What does it take to be a world champion? I'm asking other fighters, I'm asking the trainer, I'm, you know, really filling my mind with information that I need. Um, but of course, I still had to take those baby steps, you know, and I remember each and every one of them. I remember going out and running and only being able to run for 30 seconds and walk for a minute, 30 seconds and walk for a minute and building my way up to a mile, three miles, four miles, you know, and I can still connect with that now so i understand yeah. when something's hard for someone but how you have to be able to push yourself and give yeah. yourself time to grow see i got i'm this is where we should put the montage right here you know <laughs> um so you're you're 
you're building up, you're, you're taking these necessary steps. You feel like you've got something, obviously, and you've got to have some kind of, there's two sides. Like even when you first saw boxing, you had your friend there. She was like, girl, you got this. And then the dad's like, nah, you don't, right? You've got to have that, that counterbalance, that voice of support, whether it's come from within, but also that external, of course. So I'm assuming, you know, working with coaches, they're like inferring that you've got something special, but then you've got to voice your name where your name comes from, what did that voice say when he found out that you wanted to box? So my father was not happy about me wanting to become a professional boxer. He, like everyone else, was not aware that women's boxing even existed. And uh, once he found out, he didn't think women should be fighting. He, you know, I remember when um, it got around to him, all these daughters in the gym, because once you start sparring, and, you know, I remember I dropped a guy in the gym that got around, right? Dropped this guy with the right hand. And it's like, wait a minute, you know, this girl can punch. This girl is sparring because you don't just train mm -hmm. and then start sparring. You know, that's not what you do if you're just working out. So people started kind of getting wind of that. I might be trying to become a professional boxer. Got around to my dad. He came in town because he wasn't living uh, in California at the time and said, you know, I, he I hear you're boxing. And I said, yeah, it's true. And let me just give you a little context around this. I'm the youngest of nine children um, of my dad's. I'm the youngest girl. And I've always been the one that has given him a hard time <laughs> when it comes to not necessarily doing what he wants me to do. Right. So this was something that I was already prepared for. And I was already prepared to tell him, like, hey, if you don't like it too bad, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? I want your support. I would love to have it. But if I don't, I'm still going to do it. So I was already ready for him. He was ready for me. So he was just like, you know. I hear you boxing. Yep, dad, I'm boxing. He says, so what, you know, there's going to be a lot of attention on you. What are you going to do if you get knocked down? I was like, I'm going to get back up, you know? Well, how are you going to deal with all the pressure? And I've already thought about this. And I was just answering him, you know, and then yeah. finally he just told me what was on his mind. He said, you know, I don't want you to do it. It's not for you. It's not for women, you know, and it's, it's, it's too hard. I don't want you to do it. And I said, and I understand how you feel, but I'm going to do it regardless. And, you know, just watch me. So it wasn't a bad conversation. Yeah. It was heated, you yeah. know, but it wasn't anything that I hadn't uh, experienced before with him. And I just went for it. And he was there. He supported me. You know, he was he was there at my first fight. He was at as many fights as he could come to because he, you know, had Parkinson's and it was tough for him to get around. Yeah. But at one point, I remember when I won my first title, I think it was my first title. He came to my dressing room after the fight and had tears in his eyes. And I'm like, he said, I want to talk to you. And he said, I'm sorry. I apologize. Mm. You know, I was wrong. You can fight. Women can fight. And I'm proud of you. And I started crying because I didn't realize how much I did want, you know, his support, you know, because I had kind of put my armor on. I don't care what he thinks. I don't care what anyone thinks. Because I had this attitude. I had to have that attitude back then. Yeah. Because being so young, being, you know, 18 years old, 19 years old, those young years when you're still trying to figure life out and you have so many people telling you you can't do something. Right. You have to learn how to shut that out, even if it's your own father for me. And he's the greatest of all time. One of the most loved, respected men in the world. And he's telling me it's too hard. You can't do it. I don't want you to do it. Yeah. So for me to have to stand up to him and not let that resonate within me yeah. and stop me because it was in my heart to do. And I had already been training so hard. That took a lot. So it broke me down when he said, you know, 
I'm proud of you. And then he's just mm. start saying, you, you jab like me, you move like me. You know, he's mm. crying. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> you know, he started trying to show me how to jab. I was like, dad, yeah. I already know how to jab. I'm a world <laughs> champion. But, you know, of course you take some pointers. Yeah. But it was an amazing feeling. And don't get me wrong. He still didn't like it. He still rather me stop, but he yeah. respected. He showed me my respect. Yeah, and and it came and let me know that he was wrong. So that was big. This is one of the things that I really admire about you, and just like I knew you were a real one because I mean, and this is so important. What I'm about to say, you decided that you were going to box. You're going to do something exceptional, something very rare in your demographic. All right, and you've got. The greatest of all time telling you, you can't. And you had to find enough confidence, enough will to go past that. And when people are out here right now, they're scared of somebody telling them they can't on the internet. Somebody don't Absolutely. even know. Right. right. And so, so for you to overcome that, and this is why I wanted to, to, to talk to you and to ask you about this. How? Because there's an inner psychology there for you to still, again, like you've got the greatest of all time telling you you can't, right? He knows his stuff to a degree, obviously. He knows his stuff and in, in, in so many different dynamics of it. But of course, there's gonna be a fear there just for the connection, you know, that he has with you and if just looking out for your family, that kind of thing. But how, when, when you've got this external voice telling you you can't do something, a very powerful voice, how do you still persevere and move forward towards your goal, but not just towards your goal, but with 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 power. I think for me, I've always had some defiance inside of me, um, and it really works out in my favor some of the time, um, not all the time, but um, in this particular situation, especially because even though my father is the greatest to um, you know so many people and so respected and loved, I saw all of his mistakes. I'm aware of his downfalls. There's so many. And that really shaped the way I see the world, the way I see people. Mm. So you can be good at something. It doesn't mean you know everything. It doesn't mean you have all the answers for me. Yeah. And a lot of times we give our opinion based off of our own perception or our own life experience, right? So I had to take that into consideration. Like I might ask him, you know, his opinion on one thing and listen, because I respect his opinion on it. I'm like, you know, yeah, he he knows. Like, I'm gonna come to you for nutrition advice, but you, I might not come to you for some other advice. Well, nah, Sean, you know, we, you know, but you it just don't depends. come to me for surfing. I don't <laughs> for what surfing. Okay. See <laughs> surfboard. So, I don't know nothing. About right. It. So for my father, um, you know, that defiance was there just kind of like, so the reason I can't do it is because I'm a woman. The reason I can't do it is because it's too hard. That right there is going to go in one ear and out the other. Now, if he would have said something to me that resonated and made sense and made me say, oh, okay, you know, maybe I would have, I would have listened, but his reasoning just wasn't there. So, and at the end of the day, I think to answer your question, I, I know how to go with my, what's in my, I know how to go with what's in my heart. See what I'm saying? So if yeah. I'm going to be wrong, I want it to be wrong because of the decision I made off of following my own heart, not because I listened to someone else and then have regrets later. Like I'm not afraid to fail at something that I'm super passionate about that I want really badly. If it doesn't work out, guess what? I'm going to try something else. Mm. I'm going to learn from that and I'm going to move on, but I'm not going to be so afraid to try something, right? Because I'm worried about failing. 
And not only that, if I can see all these other people doing it already, how are you going to say I can't do it? You see what I mean? Yeah. So to me, it's not like I'm well, I'm the first woman ever, you know, because I am the type of person that I'm very realistic and I don't necessarily want to be trying something that I'm not passionate about and not sure about. But I'm passionate about it. I want to do it. I've seen other people have done it before. Why wouldn't I be able to do it? So that's something I don't understand. Like when people hold themselves back and it's like, you already see all these other people are doing it. Why can't you? Why? Mm -hmm. You know, you have to let your passion drive you because the only reason I wasn't going to be able to do it is if I wasn't willing to work hard. Right. Because these women were working hard to try to knock my head off. Trust me, they didn't like it. They didn't like all the attention I was getting. Mm. Oh, Muhammad Ali's daughter, she's coming in here. She thinks she's going to get all the attention. She thinks she's just going to jump all ahead of us. And then people judge you by your looks. I do it. I see a pretty girl. I'm like, I'm going to beat her ass. (laughs) (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Because you just, you naturally, you can't help it. You naturally think they're not going to be as tough. You naturally think that, Mm. you know, and it's like subconscious. But I'm I'm the same way. I'm just joking. I I, I don't care if you're pretty or ugly. I want to whoop your ass. If you get <laughs> in the ring with just me, just be clear. Just be clear. I was just joking. <laughs> but I know that people have that perception. Right. So I had to work ten times harder than everybody else because everybody fought me ten times harder. Yeah. And I was willing to do it because I wanted to be a champion so bad. So nothing was going to stop me. Not even the greatest. Mm. Oh, I love this so much. <laughs> okay. So to recap for and I and I, this is purposeful because I think. We're at a time right now where so much is in flux and a lot of people, their livelihood, the thing that they're doing with their, with their life energy, you know, the work that they're doing, mm-hmm. whatever it is that they're doing each day, right now is showing a very clear opportunity, but also just showing how things are, are never certain. They never were certain. We just have an illusion of certainty, you know, now today more so than ever, you know, we don't have careers where somebody gets on at the you know, the company and then they work their way up, you know, and they're there for 50 years and retire. That's a rarity, you know? So I'm bringing this up because all the, the, the doubt that we have that comes up in our mind, that little voice that comes up and starts telling you you can't. And we start to look for uh, affirmation in the, in the world as to why we can't too. And so when we start to gather a little bit of courage to say, you know, this is something I want to do, which Number one that you talked about is that internal guidance system. You know, like this was something you wanted to do in your heart and you really felt passionate about. And I think passion is one of the most underrated characteristics of any endeavor. So number one, listening to your internal guidance system. I want everybody right now, give yourself permission to want what you really want. Think about it. We spend more time like you were selling shoes, right? Selling your, you know, your massive collection of shoes, 150 Not pairs of shoes. Not selling, giving away. Giving away, <laughs> my bad. Giving away, giving away because you're moving. Just be clear, you're giving them away. But we'll spend more time doing something like that or planning a vacation. Somebody plan a vacation for a month, but won't take a day and just figure out what they want. You know, so I'm, I'm asking people to be clear, start to be honest about yourself, what you really want. Number two, perspective. You know, and this goes back to you having that firsthand experience with your dad and realizing you're a person, you know, you are the greatest of all times. You've made such an impact on not just boxing, but the world, which I want to come back and talk about in a minute. But to understand you don't know everything, especially you don't know about me, you know, and what I'm capable of. And so to be able to have that perspective of something so close, I want everybody to, if you can, start to cultivate that too. When you're worried about a parent 
or your spouse, which I've had this happen, <laughs> or, you know, maybe it's your brother or your sister or a teacher. I remember Kevin Hart shared a story that he went to that, he got onto the stage of that particular nightclub in New York. Lucius was the guy. He put Jerry Seinfeld on. He put the stamp of approval on Eddie Murphy. If you get his stamp of approval, you made it. He got off stage. He told Kevin Hart, this is not for you. You know, find something else to do. I'm sorry, but you know, this is not for you. If he would have listened to him, we'd never know him, you know? So have some perspective. Know that the people who might not be on with you right now, they don't know everything and they don't know what you're capable of. Last piece here in the recap is, and I love that you said this, not being afraid to fail. I think this is one of the biggest reasons why we have fear, you know, around doing the thing that we are passionate about is we're afraid of and not making it. And so what do you say about that piece specifically? I mean, I've failed so many times, mm, you know, and everyone has a different idea of what failure is. People mm -hmm. don't even like that word. Right. So if, if you're not reaching your goal in the way that you want to, okay, then we see that as a failure. Um, you know, but people say, you know, grow from it, learn from it. Right. Um, and for me, you know, I have this belief in myself that if it's up to me, I'm not going to fail, you know, because I'm going to do the work that it takes. If it's something that is within my power, but depending on what your goal is, if it involves other people, it involves other people doing things for you, saying yes to you, you may not have control of that situation. So certain things I don't put my heart into. For example, when I did Dancing with the Stars, mm -hmm. okay, that was a competition. I wanted to win. I was like, I'm in this to win it. But I knew there's judges and an audience. Mm. I'm not going to at the end feel like a failure if I don't win. But I'm going to yeah. go hard. Yeah. I'm going to do my absolute best. And I'm going to pray. And I'm going to say whatever's meant to come out of this, I wanted to come out of it. I went to the finals. And even though I didn't win the show, I felt like I won because that was right when I decided to start, stop boxing. Mm. And I need to show a different side of myself. Right. And I had 40 million viewers every week and I made it to the last week. And then I went on to do show hosting and all these other things that I was able to, you know, do off of that platform. So sometimes, you know, you have to just say, I'm going to put my all into this and I'm going to let God. OK, and whatever is supposed to come out of this, come out of it. I'm not going to see it as a failure because I didn't win, because I can really look around and have gratitude and say, wow, look how this has changed my life as planned. But I did what I need to do. I earned it and I got what I need to get. And people have got the opportunity to get to know me in a different way outside of the ring. So for me, like I said, again, it's perspective, you know, and understanding that not everything is going to go exactly the way that you want it to. You know, boxing is very different because, you know, I get in that ring, you're either going to win or you're going to lose. There's only two people and I'll be damned if I don't win. OK. Because she has two hands. I have two hands. Yeah. That's it. Nobody's going to hit me from behind. There's no army. It's on. You know, that's a different situation. But so you really have to go into every situation with the right mindset, yeah. I think is really important. But um, absolutely. I mean, I've been told no more than I've been told yes. You know, when you talk about just ideas and things that I want to do, ambitions that I have, you know, there's so much more that I want to do. You know, I have, you know, my bio and people go, oh, my God, you've done so much. You've accomplished so much. But I want more for myself. I, have more, I want more. I have more that I want to do that I haven't done yet. And that's what my passion keeps me going. I don't sit and go, oh, yeah, I, I did. Been there, done that. It's like, what more can I do? I wake up excited. You know, how many more people can I help? How many more lives can I touch? You know, it's wonderful 
to um, be seen as successful and for people to look up to you and to be a role model. But that's not what I think about every day. I think about living my life, accomplishing my goals and having integrity, you know, along the way. And then, you know, then we can talk about the bio and the legacy later. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> hey, and your, 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 your bio, the legacy you're creating, it's just crazy. You know, once I really started to, to dive into your world, like you mentioned, Dancing with the Stars, you've done so many... So many times I turn on TV and you're on there, you know, like there was like, there's like an adventure show. Like they're going to all these different places all in, in the with country. Lolly. Yeah. It's just like, what it, we just turned it was like, what is Layla doing with this? And where's my check for that, by the way? <laughs> that, you know, it's funny. I check. recorded that like five years ago and mm. they just started replaying it. And people oh, are like, man. you're on this Saturday show. I'm like, oh, they're replaying that right. again. That's that cool. Saturday yeah. after cartoon yeah. show that comes on. Yeah. But, you know, you got the cuteness and the, you know, the adventure. But I was like, Layla don't do this stuff too. They out there mountain biking. No, you know, I was just in over. studio. No, in studio <laughs> on the green screen. No. <laughs> you brought it, you made it more tangible for us, you know. So um, I think again, reframing failure because that term is is toxic in mm -hmm. a sense, you know. I remember Michael Jordan saying, like, I miss 60,000 shots, you know, that's why I'm successful, something like that, you know. And just, you know, I think that even the process of going towards your dream is gonna land you closer to something special. Like you said, not winning, dance with the stars. And this is another point is controlling the controllables. You can't control everybody and what everybody does, judges, all this stuff, but that's what's different with boxing. There's much more controllables once you get into the ring, it's up to you, unless you leave it to the scorecards. Right, you know, that's now, another thing, you know? I ain't like and to so, do that. That's why I got 21 <laughs> knockouts. 21 <laughs> out of 24, right? <laughs> yes. And so, that's another thing is to control the controllables. You know, do your best. Don't worry so much about the things that you can't control. We're experiencing that right now as a nation, really. So many parts of the world, there's so many things that people are frustrated about what they can't control. And there's so much within your control that if you just put more attention on that, it can empower you. And also um, within that, you know, when landing you closer, all the things that developed in you by doing Dancing with the Stars. Like it developed qualities and capacities and things that were able to, to help you to pivot into other things that you didn't even realize probably at the time was gonna happen. Absolutely. Um, I remember when I became a boxer, it was always, oh, it's because she's Muhammad Ali's daughter. Oh, that because she's Muhammad Ali's daughter. Especially obviously people have no idea what it takes to get in a ring and fight. Mm. You know, when that bell rings, nobody cares what your name is. Mm -hmm. And in fact, they fought me harder, trained harder for me because it was the opportunity to get rich or to get famous or to, you know, make a name for yourself. Right. So, um, but for me, you know, I had, I felt like I had so much to prove, you know, um, I always had like an attitude about myself, which I, I don't regret because like I said, I think I needed that, that exterior roughness, but it put me in a box, you know, cause every time you saw me, it was like hair, French braided, talking about knocking somebody out. It's kind of intimidating, but there's so many other things that I wanted to do. So many other gifts that I have, you know, like I said, I, I had a nail salon before I started boxing and people were like, how do you go from doing nails to boxing? Like, where's the correlation? I'm like, well, I'm my own boss. Mm, I like to right. be in control. You know, that's the thing. So um, and even now with, you know, the businesses that I have, you know, I like to take my ideas and feel like I'm in I'm in control of whether they're going to be successful or not and be an entrepreneur. But, um, you know, the point that I was trying to make is, is that, you know, I have been able to prove to myself that all the successes that I've had outside of the ring didn't have anything to do with my name or anything yeah. like that. You know, I've been able to forge my own path and that it's in itself, you know, a lot of children of famous people have a hard time 
finding their own identity. You know, and again, the foundation was laid in the very beginning. I remember when I was, you know, 18, 19, you know, 20 and doing press interviews and them saying, are you going to rope a dope like your dad? Are you going to call out the rounds like your dad? And thank God back then I was like, no, I'm not because I'm not Muhammad Ali. I'm Layla Ali. And I knew I had the wisdom back then. Thank God to know that if I started off trying to be like my dad and trying to please people, I was going to forever have to do it. I was never going to be able to come out of that. And I, from the beginning was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And it was okay. You know, so I didn't let anyone push me in that direction. I've been able to, um, you know, be comfortable being in his shadow. I'll always be Muhammad Ali's daughter. A lot of times they, you will bring up my father's name. I have no problem with it. I really don't because I see him as such an amazing human being and there will never be another one of. Thank God I wasn't trying to live up to try to be like him because I don't want to be. I, I love being me. You know, I'm a lot like him um, in that way. Like he wouldn't want to be me if it was the other way around. He would have wanted to be him. But um, but I also have a tremendous amount of pride of having that same DNA. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? But I also have been able to um, create my own lane right. outside of my father, you know, which I'm very comfortable with. And I had, I started to say, let me bring it back around that, you know, in boxing, I felt like I had something to prove. But with everything else, I don't I don't feel like I do, you know. And um, even now, you know, a lot of times people would think, well, are you going to you know, do some of the things your father did outside of the ring. Like a lot of people want me to get involved with Parkinson's or things like that. I have sisters who that's their passion. My passion is health and wellness. So it's like, you know, I I also want to give back to and and make my contribution, um, but not in the same way that my, that my father did. And I'm inspired by him. And I, I do it a lot. I mean, when I speak, let me say that again. A lot of times when I do public speaking, I, I share this story, you know, and I talk about just how, you know, I want to ha- do something profound, right? And my father has been an example and a role model to me. But at the same time, I want to do what's in my heart to do. Yeah. And that's okay. And I just wish everybody could feel that way, you know, in terms of having the confidence to follow your own heart, your own path, regardless of what anyone thinks, even if it was you know, your parents, you know, your parents are human beings and individuals too, you know, but we have a hard time sometimes knowing how to set boundaries with people, you know, and I learned that at a very young age and it's something that comes even easier to me now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I bet. I bet. So good. And I want to talk more about your passion about health and wellness and your, your venture into that and just all the incredible things that you've done. And we're going to do that right after this quick break. Sit tight and be right back. Researchers at Yale University School of Medicine, the researchers found that one of the biggest culprits behind our obesity epidemic is neuroinflammation. Brain inflammation increases the propensity of obesity and obesity increases the propensity, the likelihood of neuroinflammation. They go hand in hand. So we've got to address this. One of the things that's been proven to help to reduce neuroinflammation is cited in a study published in PLOS One, the Public Library of Science One, revealed that the super green algae spirulina has the potential to one, improve neurogenesis in the brain. So the creation of new brain cells, specifically the hippocampus, is where we get a lot. And the hippocampus is the memory center of the brain. This is kind of important. 
And two, the study revealed that spirulina is able to directly reduce neuroinflammation. It's incredible, right? This, it's helping the structural integrity of this master gland, this master organ controlling everything about us, right? The most complicated object in the known universe is also one of the most fragile. We've got to protect it. This is why for myself and my family, spirulina, chlorella, ashwagandha, all of these powerful foods are put together in the incredible blend at Organifi. And this is a regular staple here in my family for good reason. Spirulina being one of the highlighted ingredients, not only does it have this benefit for neurogenesis and neuroinflammation, but also has rare nutrients like phycocyanin. The same thing with chlorella as well. That phycocyanin is one of the few things that can trigger stem cell genesis, right? The creation of new stem cells. Very few things have been found to do that. And then chlorella is in the formula as well. And that growth factor, the chlorella growth factor, is just remarkable. And also it's benefits in helping your body to metabolize and eliminate heavy metals. And the list goes on and on. It's incredible. But the bottom line is this. It tastes good. It tastes good. I've experimented for, you know, at least about 15 years with all these different green formulas, different green superfood blends. Many of them's not very good, okay? Many of them, like, I, they shall remain nameless, but I've tried them, you know, back in the day before tasting good was an option. It's just like, just get it in by any means necessary. If you gotta do the whole pinch the nose and get it that whatever. But now pleasure leads to longevity. Pleasure leads to taking a practice on it and imbibing it and making it a part of your routine, your habits, your, your daily life. So this is why I appreciate the fact they've created a formula that actually tastes good, all organic, cold process, so you actually retain and get the nutrients that we're looking for in Organifi. So pop over there, check it out. It's Organifi.com forward slash model. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash model. And you get 20% off. 20% off their green juice formula, their red juice formula, and also their gold as well. So they've got some incredible blends all done the right way with integrity, again, organic, low temperature processed, and yummy, all right? Organifi, you got that yummy, yummy. Organifi.com forward slash model. And now back to the show. All right, we're back and we're talking with world champion, entrepreneur, best-selling author, Layla Ali. Before the break, we're going to ask you about health and wellness. You know, this is your passion. And I want to know what sparked that because some folks don't realize boxing isn't necessarily a sport that's built on a foundation of health. Absolutely you know? not. So probably your, your interest in, in, in real health and wellness didn't start then. So when did this come about? When did you start to kind of get interested in like nutrition and things like that? It did kind of start during my boxing career for me. Um, as I told you before, I started boxing. I just never was an athlete. I didn't even work out. I just was the average person eating what I wanted when I wanted. And when I decided I wanted to become a world champion and started on the quest to figure out what it would take. It's not just what you do in the ring, it's what you do outside of the ring, you know, and it's like, okay, well, how do I need to eat? How do I need to sleep? You know, all of that. How do I need to be spending my time and energy, the mental side of it? Mm -hmm. So I started researching, hired a strength and conditioning coach. He was really into nutrition, mm -hmm. started learning how 
food affects my performance. Food affects the way that I think. So there's levels to it, as you know. So I was just on my beginning journey. Um, so it was like, oh, okay, I need to have oatmeal for breakfast because that's going to give me energy. Oh, I need to have my egg whites. Oh, I need to have my protein shakes because, you know, after I work out, that will give my body um, energy without having to digest food. I'm going to put all these nutrients into my shake and my supplements and things like that. Um, and then when I had children, I decided, oh, okay, I need to take it a step further. Started researching organic food, non-GMO food, all these different chemicals that you don't even know the name of that's in the food, right? Then I started looking into the fact that our skin is our largest organ and it absorbs everything that we put on it. And you don't mm. think about that when your colognes and your lotions and your skincare and your makeup and, you know, these plugins and candles and sprays, all these different things that, you know, mess with your, your, your brain. Um, so... As the mother of the household, you know, I'm thinking about all of that, my family, my children, you know, but of course, food is so important. Um, the quality of the food that we eat. Right. And then, of course, we get into the supplements and things like that, because a lot of times now the food just doesn't have the vitamins and, and nutrients that it used to have. It's not as rich in all of those things. So we need to supplement. Um, so those were just basic things to me. But there's levels to it, you know, because it's like, okay, well, drinking water is great. But what kind of water are you drinking? What kind of container <laughs> is it in? You know, it's how far we can go yeah. with this. And for me, it really comes down to the level of exposure, right? Because mm. there's levels to all of it. You know, I try to reduce my exposure as much as I can. I'm not a fanatic. I'll eat a donut. In fact, I'll eat three, you know, I will go get, <laughs> you know, and someone will be like, oh, sprinkle. my God, that's fried and it's sugar and it's white flour. Yeah. And it's OK. It's not going to kill me because I'm stronger than that. Like, you know, to have things every once in a while, I'm not going to think I can't ever have something. It's just not what I'm going to do day to day. So what I do, 80, 85 percent of the time is the main thing. And then I also cleanse. You know, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't you know, I don't use a lot of different products. So it's like the level of exposure that you have is really important and just mm. being consistent. So I became passionate about this because I realized that especially in the African-American community, but all over the world, people are dying from heart disease, diabetes, obesity from our lifestyle choices. And yeah, I see all this stuff about, you know, killing each other and this is happening and that's happening in the street. And I'm like, wow, again, we talked about things that we can control. We're dying at the highest rates by from the things that we can control. Mm. Not from what's going on in the community and who's trying to do something to you. You know, it's like what you're doing to yourself. And what we're allowing to happen to our children and what we're not teaching our children. And we want to we rather buy name brand shoes and buy quality food. You know, even my spice blends are priced so well, organic, non-GMO, something that you're going to keep for three months. But you rather go buy a coffee drink. For $7 instead of buying, you know, spending $10 on a spice blend that you're going to season on your food, you know, on a daily basis. So it's just really about trying to encourage people to get their priorities in order. I think that we sometimes forget that our bodies are living organisms, you know, and the food that you eat, what you put in your body becomes your brain and becomes your blood and becomes your, your you know, all of your organs. Yeah. But people don't see themselves that way and they don't understand the importance of it and that. Just because you're getting away with it now, it's going to catch up with you later. They don't understand that being big isn't just something that, you know, when I say overweight, being fat isn't just a look. When you're fat on the outside, that fat is wrapped around your organs, you know, and that visceral fat is deadly. And these are things that are just like, wow, you know, 
just in the way that we eat and our activity level and things like that. So just I am passionate about and trying to encourage people to take control of their health, to help change our future generations, you know, so they can be better than than we are. And to just be aware, be aware that there's choices that you can make now that can affect the future by purchasing organic food, by going to the farmer's market, by voting with your dollars. You're letting these companies know that this is what we want and we want you we want you know to provide more of this type of food for us. So and unfortunately in some of the lower income communities, you know, those the the quality food isn't isn't available. And you know, but the more that we show like no, we we respect our bodies, we care, then we can get accounted for. Right. You know, and then it'll bring the price down for everybody, you know, because now you're going to have, you know, more options. So we're all connected, right? And um, again, that's to me is such a game changer. People would just wake up, you know, in terms of the, the power they have over their own health yeah. and the future for themselves and their children and health care and all these different things. It's like we have such a broken system. You know, <laughs> people are so worried about health care and all that because everyone's sick. Yeah. It's like, you know, you can really change your health right now today. So that's why I'm passionate about it. And I know you are too, you know, and I don't yeah, know half definitely. as much as you know, but my audience, I'm trying to reach those people because there's levels to it. And that's what I mean. Like you said, there's so many levels. It's like, I was healthy 10 years ago and I'm healthier now. Yeah. You know, because I was just doing the basics and I've learned more since then. And what worked for me 10 years ago isn't going to work now because I'm older and my body has changed. And what works for me may not work for you and vice versa. So right. you really just have to be on that quest. And I try not to overwhelm people like Lay Lolly Lifestyle. My website is a place I want people to come to find inspiration to start their own journey. That's it. Just be on the journey because there's literally people and it's crazy to me, but there's people who just don't even wake up and think about how to better themselves at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? They might be thinking how they can get money, but it's because they want to buy a certain bag or drive a certain car, not because how I can start living a better lifestyle and with vitality and actually enjoy life, you know, and really figure out what my purpose is for being here. Because everybody has one. You don't have to be Muhammad Ali to make a difference in the world. Like Muhammad Ali was just a little boy from Louisville, Kentucky, whose father was a painter, an artist, you know, they don't make much money. I think Grandma Bird cleaned houses. And he just was a little boy who stumbled upon the boxing gym because somebody stole his bike. And he was mad and was like, I'm going to get them, I'm going to beat them up. And the, the guy comes out, uh, the amateur boxing trainer was like, well, do you know how to fight, young man? No. Well, come on in here. And he learned how to fight. And then he became a boxer. But even that, he said, he figured out, because was, he was always special, obviously. And he figured out, like, this is going to be my platform. Boxing is going to be my platform. The money, the Rolls Royce, the gold watch is going to get the people to listen to me and listen to what I have to say, because that's what people respect. And he, he, he knew that. He had the wherewithal to understand that. But it wasn't important to him. He was willing to give all that all up. Remember mm -hmm. when he went through what he went through? Yeah. You know? So at the same time, like I said, you can be the mother of that next little boy who's going to become a Muhammad Ali. Right. But you got to nurture him and you have to be focused and present, you see, or you can become that person and you can make, if you, if you can make a difference in just one kid's life, I don't care if it's your neighbor, that kid in the neighborhood or your friend's son, whoever, we all have a part in this, you know? And it's like, we just, I just want people to see themselves that way. So through my um, you know, Layla lifestyle, it's about your health, your mindset and your purpose. Those three pillars are so important.
Yeah. Oh, so much good stuff there. Listen, you said the most, well, there's so many things. I can't say it's the most <laughs> important, but you, when you said the, your level of exposure, man, I mean, that really strikes deep for me. I talk about that so much on the show because like you just said, you never know who, who that kid might be, or you never know who you might impact just by giving exposure, just an opportunity. Somebody reached out, invited him into the, to the boxing gym, you know, like that. And he, they changed the world. That person changed the world. Absolutely. You know, and so there's so many stories like that. You know, I was in Ferguson, Missouri, one bedroom apartment and, you know, navigating my way through just that kind of, um, it's complicated just getting to school from there. All right. And from all manner of, I mean, it's become famous or infamous now, but you know, all, all manner of obstacles just to get to, to school. And, you know, through that process, just seeing when I walk out my door outside the apartment complex, the woodlands, shout out to the woodlands. All right. Somebody listen right now, they might be in the woodlands and they're like, oh my, you know, they, they made that connection. Like if he can do it, I can do it. And, you know, all I needed was somebody just to show me. I just need to know that it existed. I didn't know what health was. I just thought, you know, I kind of had that Chad Johnson. My son just showed me a podcast yesterday. He's heavy on McDonald's. Like, you know, he's this incredible athlete that we, you know, Ocho Cinco. But I just thought, you know, you eat whatever and you just exercise, it's all good. You know, I do some push-ups, but I was, I'm making my body out of these things. I'm making my brain out mm -hmm. of these things. Shout out to Chad Johnson. I don't know about the decisions, mm. you know, but this is the thing is once I realized that, like you just said, there are things in, in my control. And somebody asked me the other day, I was doing a, a media thing and they asked me about, well, what about the expense? What about the expense, Sean? You know, like you eating healthier in that environment. You said it perfect. I literally said that. I was like, you know what? I was getting the Jordans. You know, my next door neighbor got every Jordan that came out. We had, there's, it's the, it's, it's just a matter of priorities. There's always, a, especially if you need to get it, you find a way. Mm -hmm. And early on, I was like buying things that were exotic. Once I found out about them, you know, so I was like ordering goji berries from, <laughs> from China, you know, because it wasn't just around right. in stores. This is like, you know, almost 20 years ago. And so, but when I, now here's the craziest part. I'm just being 100 with everybody. Over a certain amount of time, first of all, investing in myself and my health, I started to make more money. I started to feel better. I started to think clearer. I started to have better ideas because I'm changed. Food isn't just food, it's information, number one. And number two, over a few years time period, all of a sudden these companies just start giving me stuff, right? So now I don't even have to. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, and that's exposure as well. What are you immersing yourself in? And this is what I really love about what you do and what you're saying. And I wanna ask you now, this is a perfect segue too, because there's a certain dynamic of health and wellness that you do better than just about anybody, for real. <laughs> my mouth is watering. <laughs> I had your food myself, you know, but to be able to, to have your cooking and there's a magic that you make happen in the kitchen. Where did that come from? You know, food is, like you said, information, it's energy, it's love, um, when you put in it. Mm -hmm. Right. Those things. So um, that's why I like to cook at home because I know what's in my food and I know what kind of energy is in my food. Right. Um, so I started cooking when I was about nine or 10 years old because my mother did not cook. 
And I've always loved to eat. I was that greedy kid. Like if I had come over your house to visit, like was friends with your, I'd be like eating. Like, what do you guys have to eat? They probably were like, that girl oh. always is eating. I was that kid. Shout out to my our neighbor, Avery. <laughs> we buy food just for him. See what I'm saying? I was that kid. <laughs> I was that kid, like Layla is going to come over and get her grub on. So my mom didn't cook. I got in the kitchen, um, started cooking for myself. And this is a, a long story. I wrote about it in my book, Reach, Finding Strength, Spirit and Personal Power. I had a very dysfunctional upbringing. We actually had a separate kitchen, like a guest house. And my sister and I lived in the guest house. So I literally had my own kitchen and started cooking. Um, and my grandma is from Louisiana. So she knew how to cook, obviously. I shouldn't say obviously. Not all people from Louisiana know how to cook, but a lot of them do. Right. So Stereotype, yeah, close she, enough. Yeah, she could throw <laughs> down. So I was like, Grandma, how do you make this? How do you make that? She taught me how to make roux for gumbo over the phone. And of course, I cultivated over the years. But that's how I started cooking. And I've always been really good at seasoning food well. Because it's always come down to, to the seasoning, yeah. right? You know, something can look good and the flavor's just not there. Right. And vice versa. So I'm definitely not a chef, um, trained chef, although I did go to culinary school for a minute. But then I decided I just couldn't stick with it. Competed on Chopped one a few times. Uh, oh, yeah. Come on. Um, and I just cook every day for my family. And I love comforting meals. I love soul food. But yeah. I'm like, I am always it's a challenge for me. How can I take this and make it healthier but make it taste good? So like when I do go to a restaurant, and my husband likes something I'm like I can make that. I can make that for you at home. Like shrimp scampi. Okay. Let me go home and let me use some quinoa pasta and let me use some grass fed butter and, you know, let me just hook it up. So with the spice blends, um, you know, it was, I created Lay Lolly spice blends because I started realizing that all these brands have all these chemicals in them and yeah. fillers in them. And yeah. I'm like, what is this? They're just sprinkling on your food every day. Right. So at the same time, the flavors aren't always right. So I wanted to make cooking for busy people like me because I still, with all that I do, I cook like five times a week. Um, I wanted these perfectly balanced flavors and seasonings that you can mix and match and put together and, you know, that just are going to like make your food taste amazing without a recipe, you know, that all you really need is simple ingredients. You just need to go get your chicken and your broccoli. And even if you don't have any onions and all that, you don't feel like doing the chopping. Guess what? All you got to do is use a spice blends. Now, if you want to put more ingredients and use a spice blends, even better. But you don't have to, because I know for me, I love cooking, but I don't always have time for a recipe or to be chopping up a bunch of stuff. So um, but that's what I do, Sean. The magic comes from, I think, the, the my love for food knowing good flavors and the passion that I have for putting energy and love into my family. Like I like mm. to take that time to prepare a meal, you know, and I think that's where the term soul food came from. It's like family used to be in the kitchen together cooking, you know, and back in the day we used to grow our own food, you know, and you harvest the food and you chop the food and everyone comes together and spends that time and they sit around the table, which many people don't do anymore. They eat without even thinking. We're not even chewing our food nowadays. We're just like swallowing the food. And you already know I need to even work on that. Like sometimes I eat too fast, you know, and it just makes it harder on your body to digest the food. So they say your stomach doesn't have teeth. No, it's like, you know, I, <laughs> And watch my son he's like i'm like do not pick that fork up again until you chew what's in your mouth you know it's like but you have to train yourself so yeah it's a lot but who doesn't love good food oh my goodness but well there's some nuance there what? because in our culture some people are led to believe that good food isn't good for you that's true right and so to have incredible food that also brings so much life energy to your body 
meeting your nutritional needs and the, just the process of eating. That's why food tastes good. Absolutely. It's to get you to eat it, you know? And, you know, your spice, of course, we use them all the time. Um, but you know what's so crazy is that what you mentioned, and I didn't really think about this before, like <laughs> we grew up, so we had like the all these spice blends, you know, the all these little spices that we use, but then we had the Lowry's, oh, right? Yes. The Lowry's seasoning salt, you know, it's got the 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 the, the fillers in there, the anti-caking agents. Oh my god. All of these different things, you know, these um, you know, synthetic chemicals that are just in the product. And I think they took MSG out of it mm -hmm. more recently, but there was one of our, you know, popular seasoning sauce that had the, you know, monosodium glutamate, mm -hmm. which is one of those in the category of these kind of excitotoxins. Mm -hmm. And, you know, earlier on we had a lot of anecdotal evidence, but now we have some peer-reviewed evidence that it does potentially stimulate your brain cells to the point that, you know, you could kill your kill cells, you know. And it's addictive. A lot That's of these the thing things too, are addictive. Right, right. Yeah. They're designed that way yes. by processed food companies. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's funny that you mentioned that brand because that's one of the brands I said, I got, I have got to create a seasoning salt. And I'm telling you, my seasoning salt is so much better. Not only because of the ingredients, it tastes better. I remember my husband was hooked on Lowry's. Like he was like, I got to have the Lowry's. <laughs> and I knew I won. I knew I killed it when he yeah. was like, we ran out of my soulful season. He was like, where is it? Where is it? And at one point I was like, he was so on my nerves. I was like, I'm getting more. It's not here yet. Cause I was in the process of making it. It wasn't yeah. available yet. We were testing it. I was like, just go get some Lowry's. And he was like, I don't want that. I don't even want, <laughs> he didn't even want it anymore because now when you taste it, you taste the chemicals, mm. but you become so, you know, used, used to, to it. it. Right. Um, and then now it's just like, oh, that's not how it's supposed to taste. Plus my soulful seasoning salt has only 73% salt, sea salt opposed to 95%, like a lot of these. And, and then there's herbs and spices in it. They really bring and out which the Which are all organic. Yeah, all organic. In your seasonings. Yeah, and and, oh. and I love it. I'm telling you, it's so good. I mean, I, I can't get enough of it. I, I use, I, I literally use my own spice blends and I can't wait to create more flavors. It's so yeah. exciting and fun. And I'm like, what do the people want? What am I gonna create next? Cause I do it, I do it in my own kitchen. I test them all for like probably three or four months, just cooking different meals. I always want them all to work together and separate. Yeah. So I have to take, try all these different combinations. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I got some good ones coming out next. I'm, you know, I'm gonna make sure that you get them all. Of course, oh, please, please <laughs> do. But all right, now I'm gonna put it on the spot, all right? So number one, we're gonna hook you guys up with a special discount. I didn't talk to her about this. Can we get 5%, 10%, what can we get? Let's do 20%. 20% off? Why not? Layla, come on. Listen, this was not, this was not pre-scheduled thing right here, 20% off. So listen, so we're gonna hook up to your Spice Blends. Go to themodelhealthshow.com forward slash Spice Blends. And you're going to get 20% off, apparently. I appreciate that, really. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Everybody, definitely go pop over and check out the spice blends. They're phenomenal. I'm 100% confident in these spice blends. Just as confident as I was in the ring, honey. Mm, Absolutely. That's big. And you have the goat seasoning as well, the greatest of all time oh, seasoning. Oh, yeah. The greatest of all times is one of my newer blends. And it's dedica I dedicated to my father mm. uh, because I... It's funny. My dad loved soul food. We had a cook. We had a cook named Edith growing up when my parents were still married. And she used to make the most amazing food. You know, a lot of people can cook, but some people can really throw down. That was Edith. And 
Um, he used to also take us to this burger stand. I remember it was like a little hole in the wall. But as a kid, I remember the burgers had so much flavor. A lot of times you go get a burger and the meat isn't really seasoned. This meat was seasoned. So I said, I need to create a blend and dedicate it to my dad. So again, I'm, I'm super proud of that blends particularly because I started with nothing. Like what do you, what am I creating here? So I wanted to capture the flavors of the soulful meals he loved, but also his burger, right? So a lot of times when you say, oh, I'm going to do a seasoning salt, you kind of know what ingredients go in there and you mix them up and come up with your own. But this one I had to create from scratch and it turned out so well. I love it on beef, especially, but anything. And it's become one of my, my best sellers. People love it. It's all purpose seasoning and all of my seasonings. Like I said, I use sea salt, but a lot of them are just low in salt or no salt. And that's what I'm going to continue doing from here on out. Because again, they're meant to mix and match mm -hmm. because you can always add more salt. I want people to be able to use as much flavor as they want mm. without the food getting salty. Then you can come back and use a soulful seasoning salt or, you know, just regular, um, you know, sea salt. Yeah. I love this so much. Again, we, this is, I love this because you hit on many different things and you, you're working in these different spaces as well, you know, whether it's skincare, but we need to upgrade these things that we've come to accept as normal. It's not normal to have unnecessary chemicals coming along with the food that you eat. And so we need to upgrade our spices, upgrade your spice cabinet, check out the spice blends, Leilali spice, spice blends, go to the modelhealthshow.com forward slash spice blends right now, get 20% off. And I just appreciate that so much. And I I've, can't have you here without asking you about this, you know? So obviously food is a, is a big deal for you and your family and just what you bring to the table, literally bring to the table <laughs> is just so incredible, you know? But that's just one side. There's of course, there's a sleep component. There's a stress management component. What do you do right now? Because we know you as an iconic boxer. What do you do for yourself, and I, I'm gonna just preface by saying this, what I love about you as well is that you know everybody's different. And this is not about having some kind of perfect ideal of what a body should be or what health should be. It's your own personal model of health. So what do you do right now? What are you up to with your with your fitness regimen? What, what do you do to stay fit? Well, um, I like to mix it up. You know, I really do. Um, I have a home gym. And I like to hit the heavy bag. So I hit the heavy bag for like three or four rounds, um, you know, 15, 20 minutes uh, as a warm up. Then I like to get on the treadmill and do some sprints. Uh, so like for me, if I have if I'm short on time and, you know, then to me, it's like, OK, I'm gonna do a 45 minute workout because I really like to be in the gym. So I like to be in the gym. Like if I have it my way, it's an hour and a half. You know, I just take my time. I put on my music. But if I'm doing something quick, I'm going to hit the heavy bag for 15 minutes. I'm going to get on the treadmill for 15 minutes, you know, do some sprinting. And then I'm going to do some sit-ups and push-ups, basically. Um, I will tell you the first thing to go for me when I do get really busy and stressed is working out. And that's something that I'm going to try to avoid doing because even I fall off. And Curtis, my husband... It's always on. He always like he never. He, that's what he does not sacrifice his workout, you know. But as mom, and I wear so many different hats, 
it's like everybody's pulling, everybody's pulling, we're getting ready to move. We have all this going on and yeah. I only have so much energy and sanity. And a lot of times it's the working out that'll go. And then, but I, I, I tend to stay on with the eating. So if I have to choose one or the yeah. other, I choose the food to, you know, to, but fitness is so important. But, you know, for me as an athlete, I think because I know that it's just a matter of me just saying, oh, I'm going to work out. And it's so easy for me to get back on. It's, it's okay. You know, but I definitely love mixing it up. Um, you know, hit workouts are great. But um, if I had it my way, I would definitely be going on a five mile run. You know what I'm saying? Like just going out there 45, 50 minutes, like a 10 mile run on the road because the treadmill is so boring to me. It's so boring. But a distance run is like my favorite thing to do. I feel like I'm in my great shape. I, I get a lot of thinking done. Um, I do a lot of, you know, fresh, the fresh air, all of that. And the time goes by so fast. And then, of course, the free weights, you know, free weights um, three to four times a week is definitely a go to for me as well. And I love cycling. I have a Peloton and every time I do it, I'm like, I need to do this more. And then I but I'm just not consistent with it. But I love cycling. I used to love going to class. But, you know, you got to get used to just kind of, you know, when you're at home on the Peloton, it's a little different, but it's still great. Now, this is where we should insert the montage, the Leilali montage. Do you have a montage? I can uh, look. I have some stuff we can work with, but it depends on what you want. It depends on what you want. I'm thinking Creed. Do you, what do you think about the movie Creed? The there was two. The both right, right, right. They were good. I liked it. I yeah. liked it. Yeah, it, it reminded me a lot of myself. You know, with him mm. and his father and all of that. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, they try to take my story. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to to Michael B. Jordan and Creed and, and Sylvester Stallone, of course. Michael B. Jordan's doing a um, I think he's co-executive producing a film or something on my father yeah i just yeah, saw, I that, saw too. that too mm -hmm. incredible yeah yeah so listen um you just said something really important and this is the the last thing i want to ask you about you know like you said when when life starts to happen the first thing to go for different people is going to be different things for you it's the fitness side but the nutrition is still a cornerstone and shout out to your husband c way curtis conway uh incredible uh wide receiver chicago bears I remember, I told him this, I knew about him before we met. You know, I played him, literally I would draft him on Tecmo Bowl, Super <laughs> Tecmo Bowl when I was in high school. He just made it to the league, incredible. And so, but it, that's his cornerstone. So, and I've seen this in my clinical practice more so, it, it, the tendency is, is with women to really take on a lot, right? And to also be very gifted in suppressing that it's a lot. And, you know, having this mindset of like, I'll get to me later. So if you could, and I know, again, this is not about being perfect, but what can you say to folks, you know, especially the women, especially the moms listening, when life is starting to take over, the importance of having yourself some kind of a sense of priority and an anchor for yourself, just so you don't lose yourself. You know, we, we've heard the saying that women need to learn how to say no. Right. Because we're always saying yes, 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 yes. And what I have to remind women is that every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else mm -hmm. that might be important to you, such as yourself or your family. Because, you know, it's happened to me where I'll say yes to something that's a couple months out. I don't really want to do it. I'm not passionate about it. I'm not interested in it, but I'm going to say yes. So what I remind women is, is that every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else, something yeah. that is important to you, 
such as something you need to do for yourself or your family and you, you fill your schedule up. I had to remind myself that I'll say yes to something that's a couple months off. And then here it comes. And I'm like, man, like, I don't even want to do this. You said yes, because you were doing it for someone else or you didn't want to say no, no, or whatever at that time. But now you don't have the time for yourself or your family or, you know, for me, it's like with the spin with the kids or the husband or, you know, my me time, whatever it is. So I think that we need to stop worrying so much about what other people think and what we can do for others and put ourselves first, even if you have to schedule time, mm. you yeah. know, and that's what I had to do for myself. Like I actually have to schedule time for myself because you look on your calendar, if you use a calendar and you don't see anything, you know, so sometimes like you got to even put personal things on your calendar. It's like, no, this time is taken or this time is put aside for me. Right. Because so often, you know, you'd be like, oh, man, my side hurts. You know, I don't know what's going on with that. And then you just kind of forget about it. And you move on. And then again, oh, oh, man, my side hurts or whatever the case. Something's going on inside your body and your body's trying to give you this message. Right. Or your skin's breaking out. Is something going on, on the inside that's showing on the outside yeah. or whatever the case may be. Or you're just tired. You're not getting enough rest. You need to schedule more time for yourself. You need to go to bed earlier. You need to start toning things down in the evening. You know, and it's like, what one thing can you do for yourself right now today? Instead of, you know, it's very overwhelming when we think of just this idea of just, oh, I have to do more for myself. Okay, what does that mean? How do I actually start? Right. So if you say I'm going to take a bubble bath every Sunday, you know, I'm going to light some candles. If that's what you would like to do, then you need to schedule that and actually do it for yourself. If you're like, I need a massage then schedule a massage for yourself. If you want to start a new health and wellness regimen, you need to go buy the things that you need and you need to make sure every morning you wake up and your supplements are sitting right there on the table, right in front of you in your face, or you might forget to do it. It has to become a habit. Yeah. You know, and then trust me, the more you get used to saying no and not feeling like you have to give a reason I did it this morning. Somebody reached out to me for something and was like, oh, we have this great thing and we want you to and we think it'd be great. And I was like, well, actually, no, I'm not really interested in doing that. You don't be mad at me. I just told you the truth. I'm not interested in doing it, but I wish you all the best. I wish you all the best. Yeah. You see, but it's like just because you're excited about something and you think I'd be great to do it doesn't mean that I have to do it. I'm about to move. I'm moving my family and I'm not about to fill up my schedule because guess what? Something's going to come up that I want to do, but I'm like, I said yes to this other thing that I didn't even yeah. want to do. Yeah. So, yeah, we just have to really be cognizant of that mm -hmm. and just start, especially as women. Just remember, every time you say yes, you're saying no to something else. You're going to have to say no. You may not do it now, yeah. but you're going to have to. Exercise that no muscle. Yes. Yeah, that's powerful. Layla, listen, again, I know you're about to you're about to move and, um, you know, it's just the energy is going to be different without you here in the city, but I just look forward to, to, to hanging out more and to connecting. I, I think you guys are amazing. I just, you and, and your husband are just, man, some of my favorite people here, you know? And um, I just wanna continue to see you. I just, I don't know what you're gonna do next. Like there's so <laughs> many cool things that you are part of that you're creating. And I love that spirit that you have. And a lot of folks don't realize how hands-on you are with everything. Like if it's got your name on it, like you really take it seriously. And these are the things that I just really connect with you on because it's just like, there can definitely be a lack of integrity, you know, in the world and uh, with different things and different ventures. And you're just somebody who's standing up for what's real, presenting opportunity and exposure and, you know, just 
continuously, you know, you're an inspiration and just putting yourself in position to win and taking chances as well, you know, like not being afraid to fail. And I just appreciate you so much. You're just such a, a great light for us right now and a great role model. So just appreciate you. You know, I appreciate you and your family and everything that you do. I remember reaching out to you years ago when I was doing a podcast <laughs> and I was I like, remember, man, yeah. you know, I wanted to get some pointers and you absolutely took time with me. You're real straightforward with me. You told me what it would take to be successful. And I decided at a certain point, I was like, this isn't for me. You know, I really ra rather put my in. I did it for a year, did it well, did it consistently, did everything. But I was like, I, I think I've had enough of this. And that was okay, yeah. you know, because it just wasn't for me to be doing. I was like, I'd rather people see me and cook and put more time into, you know, my cooking yeah. show and my spice blends and then interviewing people. But what you're so amazing at doing, and I'm so glad you do the podcast, is really honing in on specific things that I said and expanding upon them. You see what I'm saying? And, you know, that's really special because a lot of people just listen or and wait till it's time for them to talk again, you know, and just kind of keep, <laughs> keep, keep pushing, keep yeah. pushing, pushing, pushing. But you allow the things that I say, you know, and then you say something that makes me think and expands upon it. So I think it's wonderful. Um, and, and, you know, we're all a part of this puzzle. So yeah. you got a real big, big, big piece. And I was highly respect you and um, so many more big things to come for you, your family, both of us, all of us, you know, we're all in this together, right? Absolutely. So, absolutely. absolutely. Layla, again, you're amazing. And it's been such an honor. I hope that everybody got as much value out of this as I did. And Listen, you got that you got that DNA. You got that goat DNA. So we're definitely gonna stay up to date with you. Can you let everybody know where they can follow you? And of course, one more shout out to the Spice Blends, the modelhealthshow.com forward slash spice blends. Yes, they can always visit my website, Leilali.com. Mm -hmm. I'm the real Layla Ali on social media. So they can reach out that way as well. So I have a um free a downloadable um, email series, uh, replenish you. You know, when I talked about, you know, health mindset and purpose, just getting started on that path. But, you know, I know your listeners, they, a lot of them are ahead of the game already, but it's a great start for anyone who's just inspired to become the best version of themselves. So I invite them to invite someone else, maybe that needs it to visit the website and, and download that. So, and of course, get the spice blends because like, I love when people are <laughs> cooking with my spices. It really puts a smile on my face. Yeah. So when you do make sure that you tag Layla, and say that your handle again on IG. I'm the real Layla Ali. The Can you real. believe there were so many Laylas? There were so many Layla Ali's. I had to put the real in front of mine. <laughs> we can't get the domain on our own name. But tag her and let her know what you think about the spices. And let's go. I appreciate you so much. Thanks, John. Awesome. That's Layla Ali, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. Again, I hope you got a lot of value out of this episode. One of the things she closed with is one of the most powerful things, especially right now, especially when we have a lot of things on our plate, asking yourself each day, what's one thing that I can do for myself today? What's one thing that I can do for my own health, my own sanity, my own wellness each and every day? It's a simple question that we can ask. And also she mentioned scheduling time. For some people, if it's not scheduled, it's not real. So putting some, quote, me time on the calendar, you know, even if, if that's 20 minutes of sacred time that you have each day, you know, maybe this is a time where you're, you know, doing your, your walking or your journaling or your meditation, whatever the case might be, it doesn't, you don't have to do everything. And that's one of the big misconceptions. You don't have to have the perfect Optimus Prime 
morning routine and the perfect Megatron evening routine, all right? It's just about having a few pieces or even just one thing that's your anchor. So asking yourself, what can I do for myself each day? And listen, I appreciate you so much for tuning in. So many incredible insights in this episode. And it's just such a, an honor to be able to, to provide different voices and perspectives and really to remember and rekindle that thread of greatness that we all have within us. And so again, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please share it out with the people that you care about on social media. You can tag me and tag Layla as well. And we've got some epic shows coming your way very soon. So make sure to stay tuned. Take care, have an amazing day, and I'll talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.